This is a special edition of Tales from the Hood, Motherhood, that is, podcast. In light of the protests sparked by the murder of George Floyd at the hands of police officers, my teenage son is leading a demonstration in our small central Texas town. He wants young people to be able to voice their frustration at a justice system that many people of color and others view as unfair. And as a mother, I'm both proud and terrified for my son. And I wanted to share my parenting anxiety with everyone because I'm sure others have similar anxieties. Having the talk with your kids, and I don't mean sex. I've had the talk with my two boys, which was a conversation about police brutality. If you are lucky enough to never have had this conversation with your own boys, this means you live in a different reality for many people of color. Some people call it racial bias, others call it privilege, but I call it being blessed. And here's where I'm obliged to digress and state, not all law enforcement officers are bad. And not all teachers, journalists, dentists, doctors, nurses are bad. Yet, we've all encountered one or two or are one degree removed from horror stories about each profession. The biggest difference with the law enforcement community is that they are shielded by the justice system that holds all the other professions accountable. Because they are the enforcement arm of the justice system, oftentimes this results in no real checks and balances for corruption on the force. And young people of all colors, young people like my sons, want this wrong righted. This is what is fueling the demonstrations across America. What America needs and what citizens are calling for is the political will to reform bad agencies at the federal, state, and local levels. Parents who do not have to worry about a law enforcement officer's profiling or suspicion of their children because of the color of their skin are fortunate, but I digress. When I talk to my children about police, I do so from the perspective of my own Mexican-American background, growing up in a city with a population of 600,000 people. Even though my children are fair-skinned, as am I, I lecture them ad nauseum about what I witnessed as an American of Mexican descent growing up with brothers and men and women who were dark-skinned. They have heard the story about my mother, who also raised two sons, and how she would stop the car and park a safe distance away from police officers any time she saw they had pulled over Mexican-American teenage boys. She would park her car, and we would sit on the hood or trunk of the car and watch the officers as they questioned the boys. In a sense, she was the cell phone camera of her time. Many officers would question her, and she would give them her license and say, I'm just here to make sure these boys are treated fairly and not to interfere. And majority of the officers treated her with respect. But I witnessed a lot of anger and hostility coming from men in blue, and I believe my mother prevented violent outbursts from some officers aimed at teenagers. She also received many thank yous from scared teens after the police stops. Today, because I married a man of Scottish-English descent, I have my feet planted in two realities, and I've seen firsthand how the shield of color 
plays out in traffic stops. When my husband and I were first dating, he was pulled over in a small town because of speeding. Granted, he was in a hurry and he had his eyes on the speedometer the entire time and he knew the stop was unwarranted. He was so angry that he got out of the car to confront the police officer who had stopped him. I was in a state of panic and I grabbed at the tail end of his shirt, which I missed, to try and stop him from exiting the car. I stayed in the vehicle and kept my hands on the dashboard, as I always do, when I'm stopped by police. And I waited for the police officer to pull out his gun and point it toward my soon-to-be husband. When he did not, I thought I'd witnessed a miracle. I was confused and astounded. You see, up until that moment in my life, my experience with police had been as a minority. Whenever a police officer pulled my father over on a traffic stop, he would place both his hands on the steering wheel so they were visible to the officer at all times. He made no sudden moves, stopped joking with us or even smiling. The inside of our family car became dead silent. This happened because we, all his children, understood the gravity of the situation. My father's six foot two inch frame and dark skin were an immediate threat to the man in blue. We all made sure an officer had no reason to pull out his weapon. When I saw this officer, who was confronted by an angry white man, before he even got out of his patrol car, politely ask him to step out of harm's way and led him to the passenger side of the patrol vehicle so they could talk, I took my hands off the dashboard to rub my eyes. I witnessed firsthand the two sets of rules in America. Parents who do not have the police brutality talk with their teenagers are fortunate because they don't have to worry about a historically and systematically racist justice system whenever their boys walk out the front door. They only have to contend with regular parenting worries, like drugs, sex, and alcohol, which is improbable as it may seem, a blessing. Thank you for listening, and if you like what you heard, please subscribe. I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for all the music in the podcast, sound engineer Cookie Hey Looky. You can find them on YouTube. For more information about me or this podcast, go to christinegranados.com. On Monday, I'll continue with the regular podcast as scheduled. As a reminder, next week's topic is all about a four-letter word that parents should never let their children say to anyone.